1: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Leslie Iwerks' grandfather, Ub Iwerks, co-created Mickey Mouse alongside Walt Disney in 1928. Now, she chronicles the history of Disney theme parks in the new book, The Imagineering Story.
0: Leslie Iwerks, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. You are welcome, thanks for inviting me.
1: And of course, you are the granddaughter of, of Iwerks, uh, a legendary name in animation uh the co-creator of mickey mouse along with walt disney of course so uh you know how he and walt met and, and created mickey mouse uh in the very beginning
0: uh back in kansas city um you know they started together and then when walt they did oswald the lucky rabbit when they came out to california and then that character got taken away from them or through a through a deal that walt did and ultimately Walt needed a new character and my grandfather came up with uh, Mickey Mouse and came up with five characters and Mickey was the one that they chose and that was what you know the first plane crazy and then Steamboat Willie was was the the rocket ship that took off with the first sync sound cartoon. <laughs> so cool.
1: Well, that's it's just a really treat a treat to get to talk with you and that's really I mean that's got to be a, a source of extreme family pride there that that your grandfather helped create the Mickey Mouse.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now we're talking because you have a new book. Called, it just came out called the Imagineering story. Um, and you know, there was a documentary a couple years ago about the same thing, but, uh, what inspired you to, to do a book version of this as opposed to, you know, just the documentary.
0: Well, so the documentary was a six hour series uh, that launched on Disney plus in late 2019. And it was really successful, uh, very embraced by, fans around the world um, who love parks and wanted to get a sense of or experience the the history of the parks, um, especially during COVID in 2020, when parks around the world were shut down. And um, when we were making this film over a period of of years, because it was commissioned over five years, I interviewed over 200 people um, and have interviewed even more since then. And we had so much material that was left on the cutting room floor. And so with that um all that excess <laughs> the stories that should have been told um i had a conversation with wendy Leftcon, who uh is head of disney editions in new york and uh she said well why don't you consider doing a book and you know really thorough thorough you know look into the the story and details that i couldn't get into the series so that's how it started and it um just just launched it was took a few years to put it in book form and um and so many of the the stories that you know couldn't make the film have made it in the book so that's very exciting for us
1: Awesome. So it sounds like you'd be enjoyed by folks who who watch the six hour docuseries series on Disney Plus, or if you if you haven't seen it, um, talk about. Uh, we keep using the phrase, you know, Disney Imagineering, but what you know, maybe for the casual listener, they've heard heard the phrase, they've gone to the theme parks, etc. But like, de- define Imagineering.
0: So um, Imagineering was coined, um, you know, by the by. By Disney, um, back in the day, uh, it was it's sort of imagination and um, engineering combined, and it is def- it it's basically defined by the, a a person, an employee at the at the studio, uh, who really understands both of those concepts. Um, and it there are so many different disciplines within Imagineering um, that everybody you know falls under. They have over five hundred patents at, at Imagineering um for technologies and and things that they've developed and and really when you look at imagineering it's it's the combination of engineering and imagination and it and you translate that to 12 theme parks around the world down to the teeniest little detail all the way to the broadest land uh or park uh everything boils down to those two words imagination and engineering
1: I love it. And of course we're We, we can't go through all 500 patents, but, but uh, anyone that's you know, like myself, anyone that's been to the, the Disney theme parks knows that, that, that the Imagineering is, su- is what makes it such a special experience. You're not just going to a, a regular theme park, you know, like get it on a King's dominion ride or whatever. There, there's so much thought and care and technology that put it's put into, even while you're waiting in the lines to get on these attractions. And then of course, once you're on the attractions, um, Talk about sort of what, I mean, obviously not all 500, but is there like, give a cite an example or two, you know, are we talking like that, you know, the, it's a small world um, or Pirates of the Caribbean uh, animatronics that used to be there, you know, Hall of the Presidents, that kind of stuff, or what all can it range? You know what I mean?
0: Well, so, you know, you look at, you tap, you talk about animatronics. I mean, you know, the Tiki Bird way back in the early days of the 60s through the Hall of Presidents, uh, Lincoln figure. Uh, all the way to the A1000 animatronic figure that uh, you would see in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, where they are completely uh, almost digital at this point. Um, You know, you can program them, Program. they weren't um, done in the old school um, mechanical way. These are now digitally programmed almost through keyframes like you would animation. And you can create such realism through these uh characters that we've seen in in star wars right that you'd only see on film now they're they're alive and real inside this attraction and it's so much fun to just walk and immerse yourself in the millennium falcon and feel like you're actually riding it and so as far as the the innovations go it go it ranges everything from the ride system to the tech to the animatronic figures to the projection technology to um You know the robotics that go within the ride system itself to propel you up and down and magnetic propulsion dynamic propulsion systems that they used in the um in the uh, pirates of the caribbean ride in shanghai disneyland to sort of suck you down make it feel like you're getting sucked underwater um to trackless ride vehicle systems um the the technology just continues to to grow um, and expand and they are always looking you know, a decade or so out, if not longer, way down the road to say what technology is in development now that we can tap into, um, you know. in in a decade from now and that's that's the long-term creative thinking and innovation that they have to do so i think i hope that answers your question but it's oh yeah definitely i wild. mean I,
1: yeah i mean I, I just wanted to highlight it. yeah that was great i wanted to just highlight some of the amazing feats of imagineering you know i love giving people examples so you know when you when you board the logs and ride splash mountain that's imagineering right or you get in space mountain and you're zipping around and it's sort of in the dark but that's, that's imagineering or, or what is it the haunted mansion or, or the the Tower of terror when the floor drops out. Like all of that is imagineering, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Every single aspect is imagineering. Uh when you step into a park, it's it's or a restaurant or a hotel. I mean, it's it's the theming, um, it's the design work, you know, the hotels and the live entertainment, everything falls under imagineering. So um, you know, when you go into Grand California in in, in Disneyland, um, the hotel there, everything was developed by Imagineering. And the 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 future of hotels is really getting defined by what Imagineering is doing to create get uh, experiential um, you know stays at these hotels and it's not just about you know a room with a bed and and you know some windows and a tv set it's it's from the moment you walk into the lobby and how you are received to your experience getting to the room to once you're in the room and making it feel like you you cannot get that experience anywhere else um that's what Imagineering does they they are always thinking about how to be different it's in and whether it be a hotel or whether it be an attraction um whether it be a restaurant you know how to make that experience unique and different and um guest guest first you know
1: yeah, thank you for explaining that. Yeah, the experience does it starts when you're when, you know, you're in check into one of the, you know, Disney the hotels and then I mean, I guess, I guess it could include, you know, does it include the monorails or does the Imagineering also tackle the design of the parks, you know? Like did they design, you know, Cinderella's Castle and the Epcot Center big ball and I mean, you know, the, oh, the yeah. Animal
0: everything, Kingdom. Everything is Imagineering. So any every theme park, everything inside that theme park is is done and designed created concepted conceived by an Imagineer so uh, the transportation systems that that you know you sometimes you take to get to Walt Disney World um, Imagineers have a hand in that you know they have a hand in um, the layout of the park they have a hand in every you know texture and detail and and building and infrastructure that you see every ride system, um you know every everything you're eating everything that you're seeing everything you're experiencing is is done by Imagineering um so when they finish a project such as you know they turn a they turn an attraction over to operations once an attraction is completed operations takes it over and then their cast members now continue to run the ride and and um are hosting the ride now so they are the public facing group um of cast members who now who now you will interact with as you go forward through that ride. Um, but everything that was designed and built is all Imagineering. Wow, that's so cool. I, I'm geeking out talking about all this.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a
1: member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer
0: And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
1: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house Well, I know Walt, the, uh, the actual Walt Disney Imagineering as, as an entity was founded by Walt Disney in, in 1952. Um, and then, so I guess, uh, Disneyland in California, the original park opened in what? 55. So I guess I, I assume this, this entity, this company was, was Imagineering was formed, uh, sort of a gear, gear up to open Disneyland. Is that what, was that the inception?
0: Yeah. So it was founded in 52, um, as Wed Enterprises Walt Elias Disney was the initials uh, wed and it was a small group of sort of a ragtag group of artists and engineers and designers and animators that Walt handpicked from different parts of his company um, and also some outside art directors who worked at different studios around town and these guys and gals became got into lockstep behind Walt's vision to design and build a theme park that was going to be unlike any theme park that anybody had ever seen and at that time theme parks were considered dirty and day class a and they were on the outs they were not you know they were they were in dis disarray most of them but Walt traveled the world and one of the inspirations he had was uh in Copenhagen called Tivoli Gardens and that was a very upscale high class uh theme park and it was a lot of adults who would dress up and go there. And he got a lot of inspiration from Tivoli. Um, but he also traveled to other parts of the country here and and just in, in uh, world uh, pavilions and things like that and got a lot of ideas and came back. And in one night, got Harper Goff, one of his artists, to, um, you know, well, he got new, numerous artists, actually, to help design and and start to um to, to lay out the look of Disneyland and the rides and the attractions. And so these artists, um, you know, started that and then he sold it, got it built and opened it up. And these artists and designers, these Imagineers continue to grow. The division continued to grow. And pretty soon, you know, they were on to Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland and Hong Kong and, you know, Paris and Shanghai and Tokyo, you know, so it, it, uh, the 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 fact that this was just a concept in Anaheim in Orange Groves that no one really believed in at the time and then ended up taking off like wildfire fire, um is a true success story and this book really chronicles that evolution uh, of ingenuity and animate and in and, and imagination
1: It really, that's so cool. I I love how you put that. It was just sort of this, you know, uh, in Anaheim, these orange groves. (laughs) No one, a a little dream at one point, no one thought would take off. Talk talk about um sort of that initial idea to you know not only we're going to have this where you enter through this main street USA I guess that's to make it seem you know relatable and you know a classic feel um but then you know, then to kind of encircle around that these different lands almost like genres you know you could have like a jungle cruise or a swiss family robinson in adventure land or you would have you know space mountain in a, in a tomorrowland or there'd be big thunder mountain railroad in a frontier land and or a fantasy land you know what i mean like talk about how how it was really key to the design that you would have these different um, categories as you moved about the park all the way to Mickey's Toontown and see where the Mickey and Minnie actually live.
0: (laughs) Right. So Walt was always really interested in taking his 2D. He got tired. He was into, as you know, it started with animation and got into live action um, from the 20s all the way through the 50s uh, and 60s. But I think he really felt like there was a limit to, to film. You know, you can only watch things in 2D. And he felt like if you could experience it and take his take his his IP and bring it to life and let you feel it and live it and breathe it and meet it, you know, um, meet these characters who are who are standing there alive. It's a whole different, like blow your mind, sort of new virtual reality world, right? Mm-hmm. It's not virtual reality; it's reality. And so he he was thinking about vr and ar way back then um but could not obviously bring it to life but found a way to do it through a theme park right and so the idea that you have all these different lands i mean that was the the idea was to say let me go to Frontierland. and let's 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 have a sense of americana and walt came you know came out of the midwest and so he really wanted that main street usa feel that real feeling of um kind of rooted main street you know boutique stores and and that sort of homegrown those values that he stood for and then ultimately you know to to go to tap into the future um with tomorrowland and where the world was headed in space at the time and and to go on a rocket ship and to go into an atom and go back into time and you know he was really creating experiences that no one had ever thought of before right um and the other thing too was this idea of the cross dissolve in the the ground meaning when you would go from one land to the other you didn't think about it but the texture of the ground would change and it would like a movie you would cross dissolve uh you know one scene to the other the idea that the texture of the ground whether it be cobblestones that lead to more of a smoother more modern um, feel in Tomorrowland from Adventureland, you know, you would slowly start to to see that cross dissolve, you know, and you don't think about it, but it was always the subtle the subtle things that that they focused on that you don't the audience goes what I, I just I just went from one land to the other, but I don't even know I didn't even notice it, you know what I mean? Yeah. um And that was that a lot of that deep thinking creative design work is really what they they started to develop back in the day and they've only taken that to the the ultimate degree today with with things that as Bob Beiger would say you know people ask how did Disney do that and that's the ultimate goal for an Imagineer is for somebody to ask how in the world did Disney do that because they want it to be invisible
1: that is so cool, and that's a great detail. Thanks so much about how the ground would literally dissolve
0: <laughs> between the
1: lands. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, yeah. talk about um uh, obviously that that first park Disneyland was such a hit, and 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 just to kind of remind people, like what you're saying about you know imagining space in the future, like Disneyland opened in 1955, so we're talking what 14 years before the moon landing even happened. Like you know what I mean? Like it. This is he's way thinking ahead of ahead of time here. So mm-hmm. um so then of course. Walt I mean you know, sadly dies in in the end of 1966 I guess right before Jungle Book comes out in 67. So um I guess it's up to what is it is his brother Roy Disney it, does he does he spearhead moving expanding to quote the Florida project at Disney World because that opened in what 71 after Walt's death, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, so Roy took the baton from Walt and really wanted to complete Walt's dream. I think a lot of people um uh a lot of people were were uh you know, nervous about being able to pull off Walt Disney World. And uh, Walt, Roy was the one that made it happen. Roy, Roy championed it, but unfortunately it took a toll on him and he died shortly after the opening there. So, but, you know, he, like I said, seeded the DNA so that new more Imagineers can continue on after their past, their, both of their passing. Oh, wow. You're right. Roy died in 71, right? Around the same time. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, we'll talk about um, how that park, even in, in Florida, um, grew into. I guess four major theme, there's a bunch with water parks and stuff, but you know, the four major theme parks, you had the magic kingdom. Then you had the Epcot center open up. Then you had the, what is it? MGM Hollywood studios. I guess it's now Disney Hollywood studios. And then the animal kingdom Um, just real quick uh, run through how, how, how those
0: four main ones ones open. Uh, It's a very long, complicated story, but (laughs) ultimately it was, it was Walt Disney world and Epcot that, that kind of fused together um to create all these different aspects of, of walt disney world and then he bought all that land and then could buy the hotels and and the the extraneous um hotels and things around and, and and water parks and whatnot and so it just grew over it grew over time but he had the vision to to buy all that land at that time it's it's just amazing well yeah. thank you so
1: much for joining us again uh it the book is called the imagineering story and check out the the six part documentary on disney plus as well uh leslie Edwards, thanks so much
0: thank you jason take care Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy.